Welcome to the She Illuminates the World podcast. This is your host, Jocelyn Resnick. This podcast is for mission-driven women and rising leaders who are ready to shine their light and play big in the world. We talk about all things from syncing your menstrual cycle with the moon to owning your desires, to taking up space, overcoming self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and everything in between. I am so excited that you're here, and let's get listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the She Illuminates the World podcast. This is your host, Jocelyn, and today I am here with Ashley Rhodes, who is a life and mindset coach, and we are going to be chatting about beating yourself up and how not to do that Um, and just different tools and techniques to help you really be kinder to yourself. So Ashley, I'm so happy to have you here and would love to just start with you sharing a little bit about your story and your journey of how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Thank you, Jocelyn. Thanks so much for inviting me to have this conversation with you. Um, so my journey, I think started before it started. So, um, way back, maybe like 12 years ago, I was super depressed, super anxious. Um, I didn't identify as depressed or anxious at the time. Um, but I just knew like something was up, like something was up with me, like not right. And, um, which was really strange because, I was having like a great time, like in life, like outwardly, like I had this amazing roommate. She was taking me to like parties and all these outings and stuff. And so it seemed like I should have been fine and happy and everything. And so, um, when I kind of came out of that depression and anxiety and all of that stuff, um, I thought, you know, I really want to help other people with this. Like this was so awful. I couldn't even really put into words how I was feeling, Um, so I was like, yeah, I want to help other people. I really just want to help them. This is such an awful thing to go through by yourself. And, um, at that time I was sort of limited in my thinking where I was like, oh, well, I guess I'd have to be a therapist. Like if I wanted to help people. And I thought, you know, I I can't do, I can't do that. I don't want to be a therapist. Also, I had another thought like, yeah, I'm a mess. And, you know, I don't know if I'm equipped to be helping people because I'm still kind of messy. So, um, like fast forward eight years later. I think I was like listening to a podcast or um, maybe I was on Instagram, but I found this life coach and she was a woman of color. I'm a woman of color. And I was like, oh, a life coach? What? What? Like, what is this? Um, I had never worked with one, been introduced to one, known anyone who used a life coach before. So I kind of, you know, followed her page and kind of stalked her a little bit. Like, this lady's kind of interesting. Um, and she just seemed genuinely happy you know, and I'm like, well, it is Instagram, you know, maybe it's just her highlight reel. And, you know, that's what people put on social, right? And anyway, I just kept getting this like call to work with her and reach out to her and stuff. And I'm like, no, I think she's really like authentic. So um, I ended up meeting her in person at a retreat. And that was so much fun. Um, She was so much more fun in person too, than like on her Insta. And um, anyways, we start working together. And I started feeling better, like right away. And I was like, dang, this life coaching stuff is (laughs) kind of cool. And then I just got the inspiration or sort of ping one day to be a life coach. And I remember like being scared of that thought, like, okay, no, you're still kind of a mess. Like you just hired a life coach. Why are you trying to be a life coach? You know? 
And, you know, like most inspiration that comes to us, it keeps like knocking at us until we kind of answer it. And so finally I talked to my life coach about it and she was really thrilled and she's all like, you know, totally be a life coach. And she was like my cheerleader. She gave me advice and pushed me in the direction of being a life coach. And um, anyway, I joined a certification program and not a therapist, life coach now. And it's been a really great decision. Like one of the most, I don't think decisions are good or bad. Right. But I think it's a decision that I like really proud that I made, you know, to become a life coach. So I think it just came full circle for me from that moment when I wanted to help someone and thinking that I couldn't to, you know, now having that possibility. Amazing. I love how you were saying that you were supposed to be fine, mm-hmm. but like you didn't feel fine. And I think that's something that so many of us experience and can relate to of like, but I have all the things, you know, like I have the job, I have the apartment, I have the friends, I have the social life, but like I'm dying inside. And I would just love to explore that more because I think that is so critical in being able to find ourselves. Yeah. Um, One of the things I do with my clients, the first thing I do is like normalize what it means to be a human in this like spectrum of emotions. And so, you know, I had this idea that I was supposed to be happy all of the time. Just if I wasn't happy, like something was wrong. Right. And so, um, through working with my life coach, I found like, yeah, life's kind of not like that. Like you experience pain and fear and grief and all of this stuff. And I just really learned how to be with those emotions and not try to run from them. And so kind of interesting, like when you're in the emotion and just let them be in your body and learn how to be with them and, and know that you're safe with this emotion, I think your life just kind of starts turning around once you start looking at those like apathy or whatever, or those moments where you feel lonely and you think something is wrong. I think your life just kind of starts, it's like a byproduct of sitting with the emotion. You kind of just start to get happy once you realize that, you know, life is kind of supposed to be this way. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so important. I feel like, I mean, we're on the podcast, but I'm like, I need to take a microphone and like, (laughs) just elevate that message of like being human doesn't mean that you're happy all the time. And like, it is messy. And that was another thing that you shared earlier of like, you were really messy. I, like, I can't coach people because I'm a mess. Yep. And um, welcome, like, welcome. <laughs> we're all a mess. Like, I'm a, such a mess. Um, and like, being a mess is, it's human. Like, that's part of the experience. That's part of the evolution. The goal isn't to like, be super perfect. Like, mm-hmm. that's not the point. The point is to be able to really like feel the emotions because emotions are in our information. Like yeah. they're important is to be able to like feel our emotions and create space for that fullness. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I posted a couple months ago about like me being messy and that like accepting that and normalizing it and making it not a problem. And that's really been part of me feeling better and living you know, more fully, even when I have those moments of loneliness or grief or or whatever that comes in, um, I kind of know they're supposed to be there and it feels messy. It feels like, wait, 
yesterday I was on top of the world and today I just feel like crap, like I must be doing something wrong. Like, no, not necessarily, you know, like there's so many things that play into how we feel. Right. And yeah, I think like you were saying, and I was saying normalizing that messiness and it just being a part of what life is and it's not a bad thing. Right. Right. And feeling like crap doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing something wrong either. (laughs) And that's something that I'm consistently (laughs) trying to accept of like, some days I feel like crap and like, we are still in a pandemic and shit is getting blown up internally. And, um, I was telling Ashley earlier that I'm personally in what is my Saturn return, which for those of you who don't know, if you're in your late twenties, Saturn is returning back to the same place in the universe that it was when you were born. And Saturn is the planet of adulthood. So it stirs a lot of stuff up inside of you and it creates a mess. Um, A lot of times you feel like crap while you are processing and reintegrating and, and for anyone that's in therapy, for anyone that's working with the coach is that we're healing and we're ripping open wounds. And that process is very messy. And that is part of the beauty of healing and coming into yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, what would you say, like, is the goal of working with a coach if it's not happiness? And if it's not like <laughs> having this perfect, abundant life, like what, what, what does it do? How does it help? Yeah. For me, like what I teach with my clients is living intentionally, you know, and one more note on the messy thing. One thing that keeps me grounded in that, that it's not a problem is that we didn't come here with a manual. Like we all came here just sort of feeling around in the dark and trying to see like our, our way around, you know? So of course it's going to be messy, you know, just, of course, like if you think about it that way, but yeah, that's for me, the goal of working with a coach is Um, you know, when you do feel kind of stuck in certain areas of your life, whether it's your finances or career, and you know, like something is blocking you and you're not really sure what it is. Right. Um, I think a coach really just allows you to see what you don't see, you know, like sort of like a, you know, like a athletic coach, like a soccer coach, for example, if you're in training and your coach is kind of on the sidelines watching you and you, let's say, go up to um, make a goal or whatever. And I don't know, I don't know these techie terms for like athletes, (laughs) but, you know, since you're in, you're the soccer player, you're in it, right. You're not going to see what the coach sees. Right. And it's like us day to day, if we're in our problem, sometimes we have trouble seeing it the way someone else who is not in the problem. So like our brain created the problem and it's hard for us to kind of like dig ourselves out of it. So I think, you know, the role of a coach is to offer perspective and offer the intentionality and give you, give you tools and techniques and things like that, how to move through your life and how to move through the messiness and accept it. And, you know, ultimately work towards, you know, being more happy. You don't have to be happy you know, 100% of the time, but let's say you feel happy 20% of the time. I think it's totally possible to reach, you know, a 50% difference in that. Um, yeah. So I think that's really the, the goal of kind of working with a coach. Yeah. You said living intentionally and then moving, being able to move through the mess and navigate the mess. And, um, I was told it's all about like who you are, how you show up and then how you make people feel is Mm -hmm. really like, part like what we're supposed to or not I shouldn't say supposed to I hate saying what we're supposed to do (laughs) but like 
that that is life for you of like mm-hmm. how do we move through things how do we show up when shit gets hard like how how do we handle that and that's that's really the key is how do we show up in times of conflict and like are we going to sit there and pout around and play victim and internalize mm-hmm. and for me or like are we going to be strong and resilient and you know move through the mess and the universe is going to keep throwing us challenges because that's how we evolve that's how we evolve into our highest self, essentially. Definitely. Agreed. So, so let's chat about this inner critic, um, and beating yourself up because I know it, you know it. I think everybody knows that voice of like constantly questioning ourselves and am I doing it right? Am I not doing it right? Should I, could, should, could, would, um, let's, let's chat about that. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this um, because I felt like that's one of the reasons why I hired a coach because I did, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to change the internal conversation. I didn't know how to talk to myself any differently. I didn't know how to think of myself any differently. And I think it's subtle for a lot of people. Like when they start having that conversation where they start kind of beating up themselves, sometimes I don't think people even realize they're doing it. Um, because I think it is something that's kind of programmed, right? If you think about like how some of our parents talk to us or some of our teachers or, um, you know, how they, let's say they wanted us to do better. And so they gave us like this pep talk of, okay, you need to get your act together. And if you don't, this is what's going to happen. And da, 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 you know, and it's all well-intended, right? But they're like, and if you don't, you're going to get this punishment. So I think we learn how to talk to ourselves based on how we were talked to kind of growing up. And even for me, like some, some motivational kind of speakers, when they get kind of like harsh and aggressive, I think I learned it from that too, where there was like, okay, you have no excuses. If such and such came from, you know, rags and went to riches, then, you know, you should be able to do it and come on, get off the couch, you know, and that sort of, I don't know, drill sergeant type of dialogue or monologue or whatever at you. Um, I think we just kind of pick that up. It's like, if I want to accomplish this thing in my life, if I want to do X, Y, and Z, then I need to talk to myself like that. And I think it's really unconscious when we start, I agree. yeah, you know, beating up ourselves in that way. Um, and like I said, sometimes it's just really subtle, you know, you don't even know you're doing it. It's so, so, um, I don't know, automatic, you know, when you don't, you think you did something wrong or you think like, I said, I was going to go to the gym and I didn't. And you just start like, I never do what I say I'm going to do. I never, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to be healthy. And you just, it just is uh, autopilot. That's what I was thinking of. It's just like on autopilot, you know? Um, so I think it, I think it just, um, how to change that would be, you know, understanding why we do it in the first place or kind of where it came from. I'm, I'm big on knowing the why on things. Um, and why it's there. And then it's like, oh, once you recognize, you're like, oh crap, I didn't even know where I was doing that. Then you're like, okay, well now, since I understand where that's coming from, you know, how do I change that inner dialogue or how do I start talking to myself in a different way? Right. Right. I think the first step is even noticing that you're doing it. And I think the reason it's subconscious is because it's familiar. Mm -hmm. Like if our caretakers were talking, speaking to themselves that way, it's just normal. Like we don't know anything different. And you talk about like our caretakers, our teachers, our coaches, when we were young, like if we played sports or whatnot, we hear those messages over and over and over and over again, that you don't realize that they're messed up. 
Yeah. They're so fucked up because it's just like, this is how the world is. And when you're young, you just assume that adults are like superhuman, godlike, and they know what's right. And we, we actually have to believe that they know what's best for us in order to survive. Like it's yeah. actually a survival mechanism because if your caretakers are like, if we, if they're flawed per se, like our survival is actually at risk because when you're little, like you can't fend for yourself. So we don't realize that there is another way and there's a kinder way and there's a more compassionate way. And, you know, even I said like caretakers speak to themselves that way, but our caretakers learned it from their caretakers who learned from their caretakers. And, (laughs) and it comes from patriarchy is essentially Mm -hmm. where it comes from. It comes from patriarchy. It comes from systems of oppression. It comes from living in a world that is actually designed to keep us small. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Definitely. Definitely. And we, again, are, aren't aware of it. We think, well, if I'm not, if I am not correcting myself, then who will, how will I ever get better if I don't talk to myself in this way? So we don't, we don't know another way. We're like, well, I I gotta, I gotta do better. You know, we think that talking to ourselves like a drill sergeant is going to be helpful. (laughs) It's like, that's going to help. Like if I beat myself up and shame myself, then like, then I will get motivated. Like that's going to motivate me. And if I'm kind to myself, then I'll never get anything done. And yeah. it's not true at all. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So we're not going to keep our listeners hanging. Let's talk about solutions to actually get out of that toxic mindset. Yeah. So I think like, this is one of the best tools and you can like apply this in so many different areas of your life. Um, because you know, let's say I'm going to use the gym example because a lot of us can, you know, that's easily accessible. So like, let's say you wanted to go to the gym and get stronger. And you said, you know, you were going to go three days a week and you don't go like maybe one week you go a day and the next week you don't go. And then you start that like berating of yourself again, like, oh, I'm just so lazy. I can never stick to anything that, you know, um, I think evaluating, like evaluating and assessing ourselves is more helpful right? And that's what some people are really have a weird relationship with like compassion. They're like, I don't see the use in compassion, you know, like, I don't even know what that means. I don't know how to do that, especially for ourselves, right? We can do it for other people. But so I think like evaluating. So if you were to just say, like from a neutral, neutral place, like a curious place, if you were like, I wonder why I'm not going to the gym. Mm -hmm. I wonder why if you just kind of got curious, right? And this is what I help my clients with too. Like, why am I not going to the gym? Most people would be like, I don't know. Like, that's the easiest thing for our brains to offer us, right? Like, I don't know. I just- Or I'm lazy. <laughs> yeah, or yes, or something negative. Well, I'm lazy and I don't have motivation. Yeah, 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 yeah right. <laughs> but, um, and some people have a hard time with just being curious and neutral. So I kind of like the analogy of, you know, like if your car won't start, you would get curious. Like, dang, I wonder why my car doesn't start. Like, let me pop the head, like, you know, is my battery not working? Or like, if you get a flat tire, you're going to go assess it and evaluate like what's happening. You know, if there's a nail in there or just, you need a patch or whatever. And I think we can do the same things for ourselves. And so you can ask yourself why a bunch of times, like why, especially if you, again, if you're getting like, I don't know from your brain, you can be like, well, why not? Why not? And it might be like this underlying belief of, 
well, I want to go get stronger. I want to like put on five pounds of muscle, but honestly, I don't think I can, you know, I see all those other people in the gym doing it, but I don't think I'm one of them. I don't think I will ever be like a gym person. So of course, once you do that evaluation and you're like, oh, I don't really think it's going to do anything if I go to the gym. Like basically you think it's useless to go to the gym because you're not going to accomplish the goal. So of course you're going to sit on the couch, right? That doesn't mean anything's wrong with you or that you're lazy or you're lacking motivation or whatever you want to say about yourself. That doesn't mean that. It just means you have a belief that you might need to clean up a little bit, right? Like some thoughts there you might want to clean up. Does that yeah. make sense? There, and there's, there's always a deeper issue. Like it's never so black and white. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the gym is like a great example of like, I always say, okay, you don't want to go to the gym. All right. Like, let's just create space for it. I don't want to <laughs> go to the gym. Like, let's just freaking own it. And like, <laughs> like it, that's okay. Like you don't yeah. have to, you know, we're told like we should, should, right. Yep. And uh, really like when we create space and we neutralize the issue and we're Mm -hmm. not judging it, then usually more will come up and, um, your subconscious will start to bring up more information again, like, Oh, like I don't want to go to the gym. Right. Because I'm afraid of being judged. I'm afraid of not fitting in. Um, or maybe like, I actually just really hate the gym. And so maybe that's not your type of fitness. Maybe for you, it's going to group exercise class or like going for a walk um, or going to yoga or something. It's maybe it's just not like you think everything's boxed in of like, if I'm going to be fit, I have to go to like New York sports club where they're <laughs> going to brainwash me about diet culture and that I need to lose weight and whatnot. And that was actually my experience with them <laughs> in particular. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, maybe there's, there's more to it. Right. So it's creating mm-hmm. that allowing allowance and that neutral space to like, actually explore like what what is the real reason maybe you're just freaking exhausted and maybe like being exhausted doesn't mean you're lazy maybe it's because we live in a patriarchal world where we're doing a million other things and working around the clock and whatnot and we need to rest (laughs) so you know it's never so black and white yeah exactly and just bottom line, like beating up yourself is not useful or productive. Like it's never like you're going to suffer in the beating yourself up and then not doing the thing or understanding why you're not doing the thing either. So it's like, don't like, don't be in the suffering and not knowing like what the other side is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think too, it's just a habit. Like some people get really freaked out when I talk to them about it and they feel bad. They're like, oh, that's what, that's how I've been treating myself. That's how I've been talking to myself, you know? And I'm like, don't worry. It's just a habit and you can totally change it. That's it. That's really what it is. And I know it goes like deep, deeper, um, for a lot of us into our subconscious. And we've been brought up for so many years like that, but I like to just reassure them. Like it's a habit and like, we can totally, totally stop this, you know? Totally. Yeah. You can always like, you can rewire it. Um, and when we start to actually recognize it and heal it, so many things open up and it's always the reason that you're not going to the gym is probably the root to a lot of other issues. And um, something that I learned early on in my coaching journey was how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the reason that we don't want to go to the gym is also the reason why we're not making money or we're not experiencing quality relationships because the core 
like that core root, that, that unmet need that is keeping us from feeling judged if we go to the gym is also this judgment around asking for more money um, or being in a relationship. So usually like as we start to heal that core and that, that habit per se, a lot of things open up. Like you'll be able to go to the gym, but you'll also be able to experience a lot of other things. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It has like a positive ripple effect for sure. Effect for sure. And it's such a useful tool. Like it just really is like understanding the power of assessing and evaluating what's going on with you and being able to do that. And a lot of us, you know, aren't able to do that by ourselves, but we can surely practice, you know, I know for me, even still, like I have a coach, I'll probably always have a coach, but you know, in business, she might ask me a question, you know, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And I like try to refrain from saying, I don't know, because that's the easiest thing that comes to my mind. I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. And so we have to, you know, just be a little bit more patient with ourselves because we're, a lot of us aren't used to really digging that deep and it, and it, it is work. Like it's exhausting sometimes to try to go deep and understand what's going on. It's so fun though, when you go deep and you realize it's not you and you're like, oh, that's nice. It's never you. you. Like you're not the problem. I can tell you that right now to anybody listening that there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. So it's like a reward. Yeah. The reward is like, it's so kind of frustrating trying to like probe yourself. Like, okay, why, why am I doing that? Okay. Why, 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 whatever. And then you're like, oh, I've been tripping about this whole time about this and it's really not me. Okay. And it just, it really is motivation and inspiration for you to start making those shifts in your life because you didn't realize you were kind of held hostage to some old conditioning and programming and beliefs and stuff. Yeah. And I I also just want to highlight what you said about it being exhausting. And like, we do it over a period of time for a reason. Like inner work is not like an overnight thing. It's not like, oh, like I hire a coach and then all of my problems are gone at the end of our like two months together. However (laughs) long you work with that coach. Like it's a lifelong journey. And, you know, and, and working, like I've worked with coaches, I've done programs, Um, I've also just like done inner work through my own like work situations of like being in different environments and communities. Like I didn't always have to have a coach per se in order to heal, um, or a therapist. I have a lot of tools, so I know how to apply certain situations and, and learn from them. Um, I'm like losing my train of thought as I speak and where I was going with this. (laughs) (laughs) Forgot what we were talking about, but like, you were talking about like it being exhausting and it does take oh, work yes, or a, a period of time. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. So we have to create space for rest and we have to have capacity before we start to dig. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times, like, again, we have that inner, inner talk, that negative self-talk, the beating yourself up. That's like, oh my gosh, like, I just, I can't, I can't hire a therapist, like, or a coach, like, I don't want to read the self-help books. Like, I don't want to look at any of this or like we shut down sometimes. And Usually when people don't want to do that inner work, it's because they don't have capacity and safety to do it, to do it because it's hard. And there's a lot of emotions that come up and, um, and it's so easy for us to like judge our friends or our family for like, not looking at themselves. Like I've done this, um, of judge other people. Like, oh my God, life would be so much easier if just all of them would fucking go to therapy. Um, But the reality is that they don't have the level of safety to actually look at some of these 
deeper roots in the core of why they are judging themselves or why they don't want to ask for help or whatnot. And so when you can actually understand where that comes from of like not being able to have that capacity in that space, like it just builds so much more compassion. Mm -hmm. Um, And for anyone that is on the path, you have to rest. Like you have to rest. You have to take breaks. You have to integrate because it, otherwise you'll re-traumatize yourself if you're doing too much. And I will tell you that because I have already done it. (laughs) I have gone into burnout in inner work. So I tried it. It doesn't work. (laughs) Take my word for it. Yeah, I have to, I really have. And then you just kind of feel like you don't want to look at that stuff or like you're six months and you're like, I'm not looking at any of those books over there on that shelf. Like I can't, like, I don't even, mm-mm. yeah, that's a really important, important point too, you know, about that safety and, and having that space of safety to be able to work through that stuff. And I think, um, especially if you're not, if you're not used to expressions, expressing emotion and talking about how you're feeling that is, it's really scary. It was really scary for me to do that, to really open up and and talk about anything. Um, and I didn't know it at the time, but I, I needed to feel safe. I needed to feel safe to be able to express. And, and you're right, like about the capacity for sure to be able to, to be able to do it and re-traumatizing. Cause if you're, if you're doing too much too fast, it's another, it's a shock to your system too. And then that can also turn into a little bit more beating yourself up because you get, you have like this big awareness all of a sudden. And then you're like, well, I know all the right things to do and I'm not doing it. Right. And you expect yourself to just change overnight. And now you've started the kind of cycle in a different way, like using all that awareness and uh, awakening against yourself. Yeah. You use the tools against yourself. I've been there, done that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a nightmare. It's a total nightmare. Um, yeah. It's hard to get out of it too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think us just all knowing that, or I mean, we know it, I think, but the reminder is nice, right? We're all on a journey. We're all, it is just that. Like it's a journey. And I mean, you just can't, like, you got to stop for gas sometimes. You got to stop and take a nap. Like you just can't be going full speed on the road trip to the end of your life. You know, <laughs> there's some stops along the way. And I think it, it was intended to be like that. Right. Right. And your body knows what it needs. I think that's kind of where we'll end is your body will tell you what it needs and when you need it. And you have to trust that. Like if your body is telling you, like, I want to work with a coach, like, okay, then it's probably time for you to work with a coach. But like, if your body's saying like, oh, this podcast episode was really great, but like, I'm good. Then you're probably (laughs) good. Like you probably are good for now. Like your body knows what it wants and we have to recognize that. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And I think, you know, if if you're meant to hear the message again, or you're, you're meant to re, um, to come back to something, you know, I think, you know, the universe will always show up and be like, knock, knock, knock. It's time. Yes. Right. And that's helped me so much of just knowing, like sometimes I'll be on a zoom call and I'm like, I really want to hear the message, but like, I'm so tired or this happened to me yesterday. I was on a, a zoom call that I really was interested in, but like, I couldn't focus and I was starving and <laughs> I'm like, I had another event like 20 minutes later. And so I was like, you know what? Like, 
forget it. Like I just, I left the meeting. I'm like, I'm going to go get food in that. Cause I'm not paying attention anyway. And yeah. but I'm able to do that because I know that whatever I am meant to receive any messages that are meant to come to me, they will come to me in another way. They yeah. will come to me through another meeting, through a recording, a friend, someone will fill me in. And, and I can trust that anything that I truly need it's going to find me. And that's why, you know, if you keep hearing the same message over and over again, the same nudge, it's time to take action because it's like the universe knocks and it Mm -hmm. doesn't knock once. Mm -hmm. It knocks a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So Ashley, um, can you share uh, ways for people to keep in touch with you, to learn more, anything that you're offering? Mm -hmm. Yes. So my website is ashleyrhodescoaching.com and uh, Instagram is underscore Ashley underscore Rhodes. And I work with people one-on-one for six months at a time in my coaching container. So you can hop on Instagram to reach out to me or through my website or anything, send me a DM and I'll respond. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. And thank you to all of our listeners for being here, for getting your gems. Um, This work is so important. And anything that you take away is going to create impact in the world. So just know that you're on the path. Um, Whether you realize it or not, you're on the path and you have permission to be kinder to yourself. Thanks, everyone. If you love what you heard, go ahead and give this podcast a follow. I would love to hear from you. So head on over to Instagram and send me a message at Jocelyn underscore Resnick with all of your ahas, insights, and inspirations. Thanks for listening.